Welcome to the Nuanced Naturopaths podcast. This is a friendly conversation between two friends, us, Julie and Corinda. We're passionate about finding the nuance in natural health. The Nuanced Naturopaths acknowledge the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people as the traditional owners of the country on which this podcast is recorded and recognise their connections to land, sea and community. We pay respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and their elders, past, present and emerging. Always was and always will be. This podcast is not intended as medical advice and should not be viewed as such. It is general in nature and may not apply to you. Please seek the help of a suitably qualified medical professional should you have any questions or concerns raised in this discussion. And if you would like to work with either Julie or myself one-on-one, you can check the show notes for links to book in for a free connection call. And we are live. Woohoo! Hello, Corinda. Hello, Julie. How are you going? Okay. Okay. And on that note, we will be doing an episode on what to do when you're not feeling okay. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Um, Because same. Yeah. Yeah. Time is just a bit okay at the moment. And I think there's a lot of people who can resonate with that. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think the world generally. Yeah. um, Not that we're going into that, but uh, the world generally seems to be a bit disrupted. Mm Mm-hmm. Agree. Mm. Agree. Mm. Um, So if you are feeling that way, you're certainly not alone. Mm. In any case, today we're going to do a fun little off-the-cuff, is that what you'd call it? Off-the-cuff episode about our respective experiences with continuous blood glucose monitoring. Yes. Um, Or just continuous glucose monitoring, I think is the official. CGM. There's no B in there. I just no. added the blood. It's assumed, I guess. It's, yeah. Yes. Um, so we, well, it started with me because I watch a lot of YouTube and I don't have a paid YouTube account, so I see a lot of ads. And one day on my iPad, there was an ad for the um, Freestyle Libra 2 mm-hmm. uh, $15 trial. Mm. And if you're unfamiliar, these glucose monitors are generally... At least a hundred dollars, just over a hundred dollars, and that's only for a capacity of fourteen days of data collection, assuming it stays stays on place. Yeah. So, I was like, "Uh, yeah," and then redeemed Mm. it for myself, and took me a good few days to tell Julie, like, "Hey, I'm doing this thing." I know. I can't (laughs) believe it either. And because I just, just, I don't know why I assumed, like, "Oh, this has got to be a limited time thing," or. Um, it was a personalised link for me because I saw it on an ad. I don't know what my brain was thinking. Anyway, finally told Julie about it <laughs> and saw that the link... I went back in my history and the link was valid. So it was like, oh my God, yeah, let's yeah. do some glucose monitoring yeah. together. Yeah. 15... And on, and if you're interested, just search Freestyle Libra. Libra is spelt L-I-B-R-E. Um, $15 trial. And it'll come it's up. It's Libra 2. Libra 2, yeah. yeah. The numeral 2. Yeah. Um... I think my client did that the other day and she's like, oh yeah, here it is. I was like, oh, great, go for it. So mm, highly mm. recommend, even if you're just curious. And we learnt some things about ourselves yeah. that maybe raised more questions than provided answers. Would I, you I agree? Think, yeah, I think so. I think so. Because 
when we do pathology testing, so if we did a fasting blood glucose or a random blood glucose or even an insulin level, mm. it's a snapshot in time. Yeah. Whereas the continuous one, you can see, I mean, there's a bit of a lag time, but you mm. can see in real time what happens when I eat this food. Yeah. Or what happens when I don't eat for a long period of time. Yeah. Um, what happens when I'm stressed? And in mm-hmm. my case, I actually got COVID in the middle of mm. my, my two-week period. Mm-hmm. So um, it was interesting to see uh, how my body responded. Yeah during those um, events and, and being able to correlate it with symptoms pretty much in real time. Like that was yeah. how cool. And then sussing out, you know, your waking blood glucose and if it's changing while you sleep, like, oh yeah, just yeah. from a practitioner's perspective, an absolute wealth of information yeah. that we can get through the ab, the, the ab, <laughs> the, the app, which I believe is called LibReview. Yep. Um, and then so as the patient, as the user of the device, you get a decent amount of information. But then as a practitioner, if you decide to share that information with a practitioner, they have like mm. a practitioner account portal and oh, we just get these brilliant reports. Yeah. And, and we're both looking at our, our reports now and we're like, oh, let's just riff on this because there's so much data that we can um, speculate about and unpack and just, you know, give you some more context about what the experience was like for us and as naturopaths, as holistic practitioners, what yeah. we took from the results. Yeah, yeah. And for, for anyone that has um, any kind of blood sugar dysregulation, whether you've got type 2 diabetes or maybe you're, you suspect you're a bit insulin resistant mm. or your practitioner has suggested it to you, mm. you being able to um, give allow your practitioner... GP or naturopath mm. to see this this sort of information is really informative about what's going on in your body. Yeah, because we're all different. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and we'll get into it, but even just the sort of, you know, debunking maybe some of the levels that would be considered normal in mm. mainstream western medicine and what we would more interpret as like um as, oh, yeah, there could be a problem there or there could be the beginning of a problem that we can address now. Mm. So, yeah, super helpful data just in terms of, like, data that's specific to you, Um, especially when you might feel like, no, I don't think I get any symptoms of low blood sugar or high blood sugar. I think I'm generally fine. I mean, and my and we'll get into that, but my my mind was certainly a little blown on that front. (laughs) Um, But I guess before we dive into all of that, Let's just like touch on the experience of um, applying it. Yes. I overall, I was hyper conscious of it, but overall found it super easy. Yep. They have great written, visual and video instructions. And I watched all, I consumed all three at the same time. Like, am I, am I doing it right? Am I doing it in the right (laughs) spot? Um, And I will say, and I shared this with Julie, there was a moment where I turned the device so you sort of have to do this first setup step and then you're about to press it on your arm. But before I pressed it on my arm, I sort of looked underneath the device to see what would be going onto my arm. And it freaked me out a bit because it's a filament that is a needle. It's it's a needle. (laughs) It's a very fine needle. I'm somebody who's always been phobic about needles. Recent experiences of 
my cat being diabetic mm. has helped. Mm. Also, hypnotherapy mm. may, took me a long way. But I also looked at the needle and mm. thought, I mm. don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. But I also really, really wanted to do it. Yeah. And I, I've had a patient that has uh, used one before and he said, didn't even feel it. Yeah. And yep. so... And that was and, my... Ex- I think we had then, different experiences. Yeah, yeah. You you applied yours first and said... Yeah. Oh, it, it just... I was like no, a bit nervous about after looking at the needle, but then like literally felt nothing. And I was like, did that work? Um, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> it was great. And the, the app set up was super easy. But what was your experience uh, upon inserting it? Oh, yeah. Again, I, I, didn't, I didn't feel it mm. because it... it um, so it's got a little device that kind of ejects it mm. onto your arm, mm. and just the feeling of the plastic mm. on the arm was actually more of a you know the sort of a click as mm. it clicks onto your arm. That was more of a sensation than anything else. Yeah, right. And so there was no sensation of yeah. the needle. Um, I think maybe in the twenty four hours afterwards, my arm felt. I know, again, I wouldn't describe it as pain, but mm. I could feel a sensation, maybe a little achy. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that. Yeah. So I thought, ooh, I wonder, like, I wonder what that was. Was that just... Oh, I mean, could be a, a number of things. Yeah. yeah. M- me just being... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But it, but but overall, it, look, it didn't, it didn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, and then we started getting some data. And I saw, so yeah, I think I had it maybe um a couple of days uh i started a couple of days before you and yeah. straight off the bat i guess the biggest take home for me was that i am often in low blood sugar yeah and to clarify mm. when you set up the app you can set your own ideal parameters mm. but within a range that is based on diabetes Yes. So, for instance, the highest one, um, I think the upper limit was 13.9 or 10. No, it might have been 10. 10. And then once you're, yeah, once you're above 10.1, you're in a high range. Mm. And then the low uh, was anything below 3.9. So, if I was wanting to do it naturopathically, I probably would have brought that high threshold a little bit lower. But it's all within reason. Hmm. So, and now we'll start to we'll go through and compare the pair. So we've got uh, we're looking at our respective reports. The heading is time in ranges. That is time that we spent in different ranges of um, blood sugar levels. So mm. that we've got very high, high, target range, low, and very low. Mm. I spent seventy eight percent of my time in the target range, which is between three point nine and ten, mm. and I spent twenty percent of my time in low. Mm. which is between 3 and 3.8, and actually spent 2% of my time in very low, which is less than 3. Right. Can, <sighs> did, did you have a physical experience of those times? Like, <sighs> were you aware that you might have been in low blood sugar? Like, it's a good question, and I really had to think about that throughout, and... 
there were a couple of times where I'm like, oh my God, why do I suddenly feel so tired? But that was not the case across the board when I was in low. I could be feeling fine, go, oh, what's my blood sugar doing? And it would be like low or going low. Right. Um, Because the app was helpful in that it could also show you the direction that it was heading in. It would tell you if you were on descending or ascending, you know, depending on whatever's been going on for you. So I really had to get like real with myself and, and ask questions like, okay, hang on, hang on. Like... One, am I eating enough in general? Mm. Um, Are my meals deprived of carbohydrates? Um, uh, I also had to ask myself, have I just adapted Mm. to this chronic state of low energy? Now, Mm. at the risk of, you know, divulging more of my personal info, which is, it's me, so I, <laughs> I, I'm very happy to do that. don't even know why I prefaced it with that. Um, but I would say that on the spectrum of energy, I am someone who is more sensitive to having low energy and mm. feeling on the brink of burning out more often. And this has been a pattern for me since, God, I was going to say since my teenage years, but really since childhood. Um, mm. I would nap every day after school. Um... And even just from a social and energetic perspective, would get very tired easily if I was having too many, too many social things on for either too long or too many back to back. I really mm. needed my introverted downtime. Um, so uh, it was just interesting. It really got me thinking. Mm. And I even shared it with some friends at some point and they're not in the, the health world, but I was telling them, I'm like, yeah, I've got low blood sugar at all which was never something on my radar and they were like oh okay so like what do you do about it and I'm like I actually don't know because my job as a naturopath is usually dealing with the opposite scenario where blood sugar is staying too high for too long yeah so that's where I, I, I got really confused in terms of Am I, am I eating enough? And like to be, again, to be transparent with you guys, like I, I eat, like girl can yeah, eat. Yeah. And I've seen you eat. Yeah. And like, and I can eat a lot and I, and mm. I am that person who generally, you know, especially in my premenstrual phase, I'm having sugar cravings and a higher appetite in general. And I'm looking for the second meal after dinner mm. at times. Uh, and, and so I always assumed, even with my um, sort of, loose symptom picture of PCOS these days that can sort of fluctuate in severity, I had it in my brain that I was more at risk of insulin resistance Mm. and maybe being in states of like higher blood blood sugar, which as we know, and and the Mm. episode that we did with Mark, episode 21 is a fantastic listen to just Mm. understand Mm. what that might feel like having higher blood sugar and also how higher blood sugar can eventually contribute to other metabolic issues and mm, cardiovascular mm. issues. Super insightful. Um, Mark had some great insights to share there. So I've always had this risk on my mind. And then to get this data, I'm like, mm? <laughs> But this makes me think, mm. is this low blood sugar a reflex? So is your blood sugar sp- maybe spiking for you Mm. which is still within that target range keeping in mind that the target range is designed for people with diabetes Mm. is that spiking and then dropping 
Mm. Is is it? Um, do did you notice these um, dips? Maybe followed uh, like refined carbohydrates, mm. um, and and by that we mean you know breads or sugars or you know flour things made with flour. Yeah, that is a great question, and I will scroll a bit and then we'll cover your time in yeah. range. So I'm I'm just trying to get a little day to day graph image, and my oh, without looking at the data, my off the bat answer for that yeah is that no. From my understanding and the data that I was tracking, it wasn't of often mm. followed by a spike. So I'm just sort of showing Julie where the red zones were now on the... It's like a line graph. Mm. It, and it's not necessarily at, you know, a, a particular time of the day. No. So one of the questions that we would ask somebody is, do you get the mid-afternoon slump? Yeah. And yep. and you don't... I'm sort of a bit here, there and everywhere. Yeah. I guess but if I'm looking between 2pm and 4pm, there's more days where that's red rather than not. Oh, sometimes it's happened it's a bit later. <laughs> yeah, 3pm, 4pm. Yeah, but it is all over. And then this day, right? Wow. I was low for most of the day. It's I, 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 yeah. I'm, Maybe I'll put these some of these images somewhere so you can get a better idea, but... I'm in the red a lot. And, and so, yeah, th- so even after eating a meal with white rice, potatoes, mm. um, you know, eating rice cakes, you know, eating carbohydrates, my blood sugar was not getting that high afterwards. Yeah. I'll check, yeah. you know, 30 minutes after, one hour after, two hours after. Mm. Not. So it would jump up a bit. But I remember one time I'm like, that's it. Like, this is, something's got to be going on. And so I ordered... I got some takeaway and it must have been like a Thursday or a Friday or a Saturday night and I could justify it with myself for (laughs) one of those reasons. And I got hot chips with gravy and three jam donuts. Oh, wow. And ate... Well, because it's a three pack for $5. So you have to. And it was an experiment. And it was an... It was in the name of science, guys. (laughs) Um, And that got my blood sugar to... I wonder if I can find the day... I think that's um, like what it got it to like seven. Wow! And that was like the highest that it went. And I was like, "Are you fucking? Are there? Oh, it might have been. Oh, it's a Tuesday night, but I see sometimes after bedtime I was getting to an eight point five. Interesting. Um, but that's like the highest it got, and that's the yeah. only way I could make it show me like a yeah. decent spike. Yeah. And go, yeah. okay, cool, thank you. That that's the variation I was looking yeah. for. <laughs> I actually do recall um, some studies that were done in Israel where they um, put continuous glucose monitors on people and then uh, put them on particular diets. Mm. And it was really interesting to see the differences between, you know, the variation between one person and another where one person would react very clearly and distinctly Mm. to, say, bread. Mm. And then the next person wouldn't respond at all. Mm-hmm. There would be no peak. And then somebody might respond to, I don't know, something that's you wouldn't expect, uh, you know, maybe a bowl of steamed vegetables or something. Mm. You know, it's like there was this variation between one person and another about the types of foods that they mm-hmm. were re- getting these um, insulin re- or blood sugar reactions. Mm. Oh, that, yeah. 
I'm just I'm just trying to think now whether that was an insulin me- no it's a blood glucose measurement mm, yeah that is really mm. fascinating and that reminds me of a similar thread where it's sort of like in the intermittent fasting community when people are wanting to fuel themselves to a degree in the morning but not yeah. wanting to break the fast and so they're you know they're working with things like you know pure coffee and you know xyz um and when I hear experts in this field talking about it on a podcast, for instance, they're always like, yeah, but look, for some people, caffeine will spike yeah. blood glucose. For other people, it won't. Whereas before, it was just this across-the-board thing of like, yeah, no, no, black coffee on its own won't, with just water, won't spike your blood sugar. So there's in- nuance. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. is individual variation. I would be very surprised if it didn't. Mm spike but not mm. not not because i mean uh, whether it's sugared or you know there mm. are additives if we're talking just pure coffee mm-hmm. pure coffee with normal caffeine in it yeah that's still a stimulant yeah and if you have that on an empty stomach mm-hmm. mm. i mean it's almost always going to mm. spike your cortisol mm. and therefore mm. or and sugar. And I'm nodding in agreement, but yeah. then I'm like, but does it? Like now, I mean, now that I've got this data on myself, and I think there were a couple of times where I experimented with coffee, um, and that will actually be interesting to see on your charts as well, because yeah. you're more of a coffee drinker than I. But Well, caffeine pending, but yeah. would you have had some caffeinated days here if we were um, weekend? Oh, now that's a really good question, because I recently decided to because I'm on ADHD medication don't drink caffeinated coffee Mm. anymore when I'm medicated and I was for a time there stopping it on weekends and Mm. found that that affected my mood yeah get a real dip in mood so I've gone back to medicating every day okay Um, yeah and yeah I'm pretty sure I medicated all the way through that Although there were no, because I had COVID, and I don't. Oh, know, you wouldn't have medicated. I didn't have medicated. Yeah, 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 I was out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. Well, but yeah, but, but to that point, mm. I did notice that every morning I had a um, a blood glucose spike on ah. rising. Oh, interesting. So, I uh, guess, and we were talking about this. We would naturally assume that's due to cortisol. Cortisol. The cortisol spike spike that should happen. When we all wake up in the morning. Yeah. yeah. In fact, it's the thing that wakes us up in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, interesting. Do you want to circle back and go through your time time in ranges? Yeah, we'll... sure. Had you finished yeah, any, yeah, any not... other interesting points in yours? Well, we can go back and forth, right. I think. Yeah. Okay. So we'll right. circle back to time. Okay. And then... So, by the way, I'm eating, as we're talking about blood sugar, I'm literally taking yeah. little pieces out okay. of a fucking <laughs> chopped chip cookie. It's hilarious. Like... <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I mean, like, oh my god, is this why is, I'm? Is this why you're craving chocolate chip cookies? Oh my god! At, literally at three o'clock in the afternoon. Oh my god! Well, I, 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 I did think of that, but I, 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 I didn't want to call you out on it. No, it's fair, fair. Oh my god, guys, being your own naturopath is so fucking frustrating. <laughs> Just don't do it. Also. 
Can I just say that Corinda eats really, really well mm. most of the time. Mm. And but I think on this podcast we've <laughs> we've only really called out ourselves on our maybe our not so great eating yeah. habits. We're, we're like almost doing the opposite of what health influencers do. Where we're like, yeah. focus, we're, here's all the stuff we do that we could be doing better rather than flaunting everything we do that's like so amazing and yeah. perfect. Living my best life. Living. yeah so she eats really well but does enjoy the occasional chocolate chip cookie yeah it's really good but also why do i feel the need to have it is it because i have low blood sugar and my body's like well we need something yeah because because we do when (sighs) when we're tired yeah low in blood sugar Mm. haven't slept which is also part of tired but yeah. i mean it could be tired from activity could be tired mm. from uh it could be tired from low blood sugar yeah any of these so many things yeah. any of these things can drive us to crave sugar and often we will buy the biscuit or mm. forage in the cupboard cupboard to find the sweet things yeah before we realize what we're doing yeah and i think this is the body's safety mechanism of, yeah you know Need energy now. Yeah. And I want to talk through a little technique that we can use for sugar cravings in our next episode when we talk about nervous system regulation. Yeah, lovely. So as a tab, if you're listening to this, stay tuned. Okay. (laughs) All right. So uh, for those of us, those of you who haven't seen Corinda and I, Mm. um, not Mm. only are we in very different age groups, Mm -hmm. Corinda being... 28, mm-hmm. me being 60. Mm. Um, so different life stages. Mm-hmm. Uh, different body sizes too. Mm. I'm a glamazon. I'm a big, <laughs> I'm a big chunky woman. <laughs> I was expecting that description, glamazon. Oh my God. Slay queen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I am, I am a little overweight um, that's a whole other episode on its own, which I would actually like to talk about mm. because I think it's really important that when you you see a person who is overweight, there's a story there. Yeah. Um, oh, and it's not necessarily she eats takeaway food and is lazy. Yeah. Um, it could be she has a significant stress history coinciding with perimenopause mm-hmm. anyway. oh, I'd love to talk about that cool mm, mm. Um, and I know I'm not the only one mm. <laughs> so I was expecting to see um, some significant spikes of blood sugar mm-hmm. and some dysregulation I do try apart from one carob beer after dinner mm. at night, mm. I do try very hard not to consume much in the way of um, refined carbohydrates. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I do try and focus on protein in the morning to stay satiated and, and do all of the things to try and, um, if not, um, I don't want to say lose weight, but mm. to regulate my body weight. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I was expecting some high spikes, but whilst my blood sugar is 
suboptimal high mm. is what we would call it. It was fairly consistent. Yeah. And that was interesting. So you got 100%, 100% of the time for yeah. the, those 14 days in a target range. In the target range. Mm. So I didn't peak outside of, I didn't go above 10. I think my highest was 9. And mm. I know when that was. That's uh, That was after we went to Castlemaine to record uh-huh. the episode with Andrew. Yeah. And we ended up staying quite late and socialising and driving back late at night. Mm. And we <laughs> had to oh, stop was, and get food. We're like, oh, my God, a Macca's. Like, we were so... It was like this combination of hangry, overtired disappointed that we went past our thresholds having julie having to like stay focused and driving drive back at night it was dark we had yeah it was a bit of a was, white knuckle drive and started raining yeah. like oh that's heavily right. on the freeway yeah and, and i just wanted some sugar yeah. to keep me awake and, and we a, were like there's gonna be a macca yeah we, <laughs> we were picturing where it was on the freeway we're like yeah we're gonna get there and it was closed, it was closed. <laughs> but you still man- you managed something. I found a a hot chocolate because I wanted. I, I was really craving a a chai. That's right. I wanted yeah. a sugary chai tea. Yeah. To, just to give me that little that little lift. Yeah. Um. But I had to satisfy myself with a hot chocolate, which turned out to be so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I think I might have bought. I think I bought a muffin or something Oh, as yeah, well. I remember that. And I got it some chips. Yeah. And it was, I, I don't normally buy food from service stations yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and I peaked at nine after mm. that. Yeah. So that was that was my highest. Um, Do you happen to recall how easy it was to fall asleep that night? It wasn't. I it was do easy recall. to fall asleep. No, no, no. Oh. It, wasn't, it wasn't easy to fall asleep. Oh, oh. No. so that checks out. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. See that? There it is. There. Ah. Look at, oh, no. That's oh, no, not that's it. Full that's not it. Full no, and that's a Sunday. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. When would we have gone up? Mm-hmm. Thursday? It no, it wasn't, wasn't the 12th. Um, And it was... No, that's a Sunday no. again. So I reckon... Oh, yeah, keep going up. Look at yeah, the 5th. The 5th. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because there's the big gap. Yep. Oh, so you had the spike in the afternoon. Oh, hang on a second. Yeah. That was because we had lunch mm. in the cafe in Castlemaine and I had white rice. Yeah. With oh. a beef casserole Yeah. Which was delicious. Oh. Um, but, yeah, and I don't normally eat white rice Right. Either. And yeah, then... Big spike. So after the hot chocolate yeah. and muffin... It would have been 8.2. Sorry 8. if my 2. voice just got really loud. 8.7. Got to 8.7. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, by midnight. Yeah. Which would have been... We were driving back, what, 10, 11? Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. There yeah. you go. So that's really interesting. But otherwise, mm. my blood sugar is fairly consistent. It yeah. was... It... it it's not ideal to be in the sixes, mm. which is where it sort of was. I think the average was six. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. What's your... Uh, so your average was 6.1. Yeah. And mine was 4.4, just for a reference. Oh, yeah. glucose. What was your glucose variability? 11.1. And mine was 18.7. Yeah. So, so maybe that is the, a bit of the PCOS picture. Yeah. Yeah, that it can vary. Yeah. That it can... 
go up and down rather than maybe be a bit more on the higher side but staying stable relatively stable for you yeah yeah interesting mm. and then and then another layer of this is because i'm being observant of eating refined carbohydrates yeah and 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 actively being aware of trying to n- not um drive more of a a, a sugar craving mm. and, and that is that why my variability is lower Mm. whereas you are maybe being driven a bit more by by the by cravings potentially yeah yeah and and, yeah because i i would say that's an absolutely fair statement i don't know if that fully links with the data but me as a general person yes i Mm. am led by cravings and it's been a big and ever ever expanding and ever ever ongoing journey for me. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. See in the past I would say I would I was led by cravings. Yeah. Not necessarily for sweet things. Yeah. But very much I know I need to eat this now. To yeah. the point where I would go and cook elaborate meals. Right. Just to have the food that I wanted. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm. It's Whereas I'm the o- I might be the opposite in like mm, I should cook <laughs> a good quality meal myself but i'm really hungry right now and i just need this broad category of taste yeah and that will be the um more powerful driver for me oh that's so interesting yeah interesting um i actually did do it the other night uh, oh. at like eight o'clock at night i decided that i needed a it's a particular dish i make with a um Boiled potato in its skin, Ooh. and then lentil dal, Ooh, which nice. I which I had to make with Persian pink lentils because they looked really delicious. <laughs> and then what else has it got on? It's got spinach, and then hummus, which oh. I have to make myself. Oh. But it's just like all of these component parts. It, yeah. Dinner wasn't ready till nine, <laughs> just because I had to eat that. Yeah. Oh, I said in the past, didn't I? That I these cravings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. So, what's your overall takeaway from this experience? Mm, a very uh, God, I and I think I'm still like I think I said before we started recording. Like I think I'm still processing and trying to put some of the pieces together and I mean it's certainly something that I'm a lot more aware of now um but in a different way like I feel like I was always aware of blood sugar but now I need to be really um yeah it's sort of it's changed my focus a bit and a layer could also be how much is gut health yeah uh and let's for the sake of um for the sake of brevity, let's call it fast digestion. Yeah. How much is my tendency towards a fast digestion leading to low blood sugar because there's just less of a chance for absorption and proper digestion and breakdown of the food that I'm eating, even when it's sugar-based? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we just took a little break to go down a rabbit hole on our own and <laughs> we're like, okay, this is this is too much for the podcast. But in short, yes, your microbiome and your digestive health can change 
uh, sugar metabolism and how much energy you can get from the food you eat. But it's varied. It's mm. ch- different. Mm. It changes between individuals. And it's a whole separate podcast episode, so we thought yeah. we'd leave it. But we just want to let you know that that's where we went. And <laughs> anything that I may have uh, hypothesized about digestion and my blood sugar might not necessarily be the case. There might yeah. be another reason there other than my fast digestion. Dare I say, it's nuanced. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. You've never been more correct. <laughs> um... Yeah, so that's so that's what that got me thinking about. Oh, my final wrap up thought for this, yeah, is almost just a bit of a call to action, and maybe even a wake up call for some people. Mm. Something that has got me thinking about more, which I've already been better at f- for say the last two years, that is eating within ninety minutes of waking up. Yeah, I still do not do it every morning. Uh, sometimes I. Especially more recently, sometimes I specifically change it based on where I'm at in my cycle. Mm. And I did an episode about that in my other podcast, Oh My Menses, which I'm also happy to talk about here at a later (laughs) time. Um, So sometimes I'll do it specifically based on my cycle. But the pattern in myself that I became aware of for years and years and years and years and years, you know, starting from teenagehood all the way through to uni studying and Mm. working full time... And I know a lot of you will be able to relate. Mm. Is like waking up in the morning, maybe with some stress. Oh, I'm not hungry, or like, yeah, I don't usually eat do breakfast. <laughs> um, cool. So you get straight into work or the day or socializing, whatever it is that demands, and then you do that for a few hours. And what do you know? Your body's like, hey, why isn't there any sugar that I can collect from food that you've eaten? Yeah. Uh, oops, I guess to counter to counteract this um, and to make sure we can continue living and functioning, mm. I'll spit out more cortisol and adrenaline yeah. to break down um, some glycogen from your liver and break down some mm. glycogen from your muscles that I can turn into blood sugar and then the cells in our blood can get and our tissues can get the energy they need. Yeah. And I would go till 2, 3 p.m. And I really despise this sort of past uh, take where, you know, sharing this with friends, friends would relate. And it was just like, yeah, I'm energized till like 2, 3 p.m. Like, really, I just need a late lunch and then like a big (laughs) dinner and then, you know, maybe some snacks and I'm good to go. And I just I really despise that now. Like I may I actually need to work on having some more compassion for that because because it is just perpetuating this notion of, you know... I, look, I will make it about gender. <laughs> uh, Although it's not it's not limited by gender. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But, but perpetuating this notion of oh, women just doing everything, doing all the things, yeah. work through, work past your boundaries, work past your thresholds, yeah. just keep going. You can do everything. You can be the mum, you can be the worker, you can have the career, you can be the best friend, you can be the wife, the partner... <laughs> You can, you can have it all um, at the sacrifice of decent meals at appropriate times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and the big trap there that I really want people to know about is that that pumping out of co- ex- extra cortisol and adrenaline mm. to get blood sugar, to, to get sugar to your cells, will make you feel energised. It will trick you into thinking, mm. oh, geez, I've just got a second wind mm. and oh, now I can do more work. Mm. No. We re- oh, I'm just very passionate about stopping this pattern in its tracks and yeah. starting to reverse it. Even if you do call that intermittent fasting. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's just skipping meals. Yeah. If if it's not considered. Yeah. And I would still suggest that that women do not generally. Well, I'm, uh, mm, most people, mostly women, don't generally fare very well with skipping morning meals. They mm. actually do better when they skip an an evening meal. If we if we're going to talk intermittent fasting, yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. And for the record, my official and and current take on intermittent fasting is that it it can be helpful if founded if warranted mm. you know if there's some metabolic dysregulation yeah. correcting yeah. insulin resistance and should be tailored to the menstrual cycle if the person has yeah. a menstrual cycle yeah and that is the biggest piece that has been missed in that whole world yeah yeah anyway so that's my spiel if you resonate with any of that pattern i described honestly like i would just implore you <laughs> yeah i would implore you to, to do something about it even if that's just getting curious about it and starting to bring more awareness to it yeah. and questioning it, maybe going, mm, maybe this kind of energy and this way of living isn't sustainable. Yeah. And just to address the lack of appetite, mm. that's an adaptation. Mm-hmm. This, that is your body going, there's probably no food around. Yep. We're just going to have to run on cortisol again. Yes. And that is not a healthy way for your digestive system mm. or your liver or your brain mm. to operate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just got a real idea to do, <laughs> as you were saying that, to do like, um, you know, uh, health and hormone imbalances that are often passed off as personality quirks. Yeah. And that is one. Oh, I'm yeah. just not hungry in the morning. That's just who I am. Yeah. Look, I've said that. I've, yeah, me I, too. I did it for years too. Me too. Yeah. Just don't have an appetite in the morning. Ah, uh, you know, even and if I even if I did want to eat, I'd feel a little bit sick. Yep. And then when I actually actively having learnt that that was not a healthy way of living, mm. actively tried eating in the morning at first. It was uncomfortable, mm, but mm-hmm. pretty soon my digestive system kicked in. Yep. I got an appetite, and we're all good to go. Yeah, you just you just got to stimulate the appetite. Absolutely, I, I love mm. how you you especially the word adaptations. Yes, mm. your body can adapt to circumstances that does. So just because something's been happening for a long time, does not mean that it's um, a reflection of good health. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your body's always talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how many patients I've had that have gone from not eating breakfast in the morning to eating some breakfast, mm. focusing mostly on protein, mm. who've, whose energy levels oh. have... <laughs> you know, people, people, like, if you're really fatigued, it might not be iron. It yeah. might be because you're not eating breakfast. Yeah, absolutely. No. Oh, it's almost comical how much of a difference mm. some of my clients have felt just by increasing their morning protein intake. It yeah. is crazy how the sugar cravings fall away, the energy slump in the yeah. afternoon disappears, the mood improves, the sleep that night is better. Yeah. It, Exercise is more achievable. Yeah. Because you have the energy to do that. Yeah, your, and mm. your muscles are equipped with the, the fuel mm. they need to to break down and rebuild. and Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And within an hour of 
exercise. Mm. You you get you can metabolize um, carbohydrates much more efficiently. Mm-hmm. So it's like bonus. Yeah, bonus carbs within an hour of exercising. Yeah. I think it's within an, within ninety minutes actually, but yeah. an hour is optimal. Yeah. Cool. So what were your what were your takeaways from this um, experiment? I, well, to be honest, I was not surprised that my blood sugar was high level, mm. but I was pleased to see that it was uh, fairly stable. Yeah. Um, and that yeah, I don't I don't have any really big peaks and troughs. Yeah. And I and I was really pleased that it didn't go into the high level yeah because i i was you know i was a bit concerned that i'm i might be getting towards pre-diabetes because of my weight yeah Which right just goes to show that that's not necessarily true mm, absolutely the 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 out the external of the human body doesn't necessarily reflect what's happening you with mean the internal physiology you can't judge a book by its cover <gasps> <laughs> Sacre bleu. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Corinda. Oh, Corinda. <laughs> so yeah, I'm um, mm. overall pleased. Also, it's given me a lot more context um, as a practitioner when somebody comes to me and they have data from mm. a continuous glucose monitor i will be able to look oh. at it with a bit more perspective yeah same um, and i will be thrilled <laughs> yeah. to look at it yeah um and it's something i would consider doing again yeah um you know uh, budget pending this isn't something that will be um accessible for everyone it makes sense that it's people with diabetes especially when insulin dependent that's something like this you know is necessary yeah um but as a preventative tool yeah. for people who are suspected to be pre-diabetes, yeah. I th- I think it's a great thing. I don't I don't know that that's the intention of the company. Yeah. Um I mean I'm very grateful for them running the special. Yeah. Um and I know that their their primary concern is to support people with diabetes. Yeah. However, wouldn't it be nice if we could have more tools to help people prevent yeah getting to that stage and i mean that's our whole thing with like the difference between naturopaths and functional medicine doctors and holistic practitioners um compared to um western reductionistic Mm. medicine is that we we want to catch those opportunities where we can prevent things we, mm. where we can change things so they don't get, get to that point oh now i have a condition called diabetes that i now have to manage on a day-to-day yeah. basis even collaboratively yes we, absolutely we can work with alongside yeah. your, your general practitioner yeah where they don't have the time to maybe address that mm. those sorts of things at, at, at that level yeah um yeah. but we can help yeah, absolutely. So overall, would recommend this to, yeah, if you suspect that you might be pre-diabetic, um, if you're concerned about your weight, if you're concerned about your energy levels or even anxiety, um, if you have been diagnosed with PCOS uh, or suspect that you might have PCOS, mm. polycystic ovarian syndrome, and mm. um, you do experience maybe uh, sugar cravings, you know, you relate to my story of yeah, definitely being led by your cravings or... Um, 
uh, or fatigue after meals. Mm-hmm. Um, also, yeah. perimenopausal women mm. who are more predisposed to developing metabolic conditions, yeah. particularly sort of late stage perimenopause. Yeah, um, yeah, good idea. Keep your eyes peeled. As we said, I probably won't post a link because it's probably not appropriate. Like, we're not affiliated with this company anyway. So just search no. Freestyle Libra 2 $15 trial. You'll you'll find it. This is in Australia, by the way. If yeah. That wasn't oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll leave it there for today. Yeah. That was a pretty good rundown and exploration. Yeah. And we'll catch you in the next one. See ya. Bye. Thanks. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Nuanced Naturopaths. Be sure to ask us any questions you have below, engage with the polls, and we'll catch you in the next one.